I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. Here's the fangirls on Jackalope Radio. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the Fangirl Radio Show. I'm your host, Jessica Dwyer, and with me tonight, as always, is the lovely and talented Rachel Moore. And good evening. She's got a song stuck in her head, so please don't start singing it, because it'll just get in everyone else's. It'll be like a virus. It would be bad. The best virus ever, but I'm not even going to sing it. No! So um, we've got a lot to cover this episode, and we've got a very special guest by the name of Mark Miller. And as I stated on my post on Facebook, uh, you really should love Mark because Mark is the reason we have the uncut version of Nightbreed, one of the most underrated, um, most amazing works to come out of the 80s via the wonderful Clive Barker. So uh, we are going to talk to Mark about all things Clive Barker, what Clive's got going on, because he is, in one way, his right-hand man. And, um, and I want to mention, if you're ever curious about who we're going to interview or what's going on, please like us on Facebook. Heck yeah, like me Fangirl. or like Rachel. And we also Fangirl have the Fangirl Magazine. Fangirl Magazine also has its own fan page on there. So if you like us, check it out. And always, as, as always, there's always the, uh, the website, fangirlmag.com, where we uh, post updates and news items and reviews and interviews. Uh, so check us out, fangirlmag.com. And on to the Weekend Geek, because, ooh, once upon a time. And as always, if you haven't watched the episode yet, then that's here, all on you because yeah, it's here, Thursday. <laughs> here there be spoilers because this was the season finale and boy, they went out with a bang and that bang was called Dragon. Oh, and it was also called Rumpelstiltskin and the Hatter and everybody was back for this. And uh, as I, uh, I was talking to Rachel, you do not cross a Hatter in this world or the next because they come back and they will get you. In one way or the other. And this time, boy, he uh, Jefferson came back and Regina didn't let him get um, get his answer he wanted for where his daughter was. So he took the best kind of revenge. And that revenge entails Rumpelstiltskin and letting the cat out of the bag. Well, he does know where he knows where his daughter is, but she doesn't know him. Well, she will now, though. Because yeah, yeah, she will remember now. And I'm sorry, Rumple. The whole thing. There was a bunch of times where it actually made me cry. But um, the Rumple Bell storyline. 
Oh, it was so beautifully done. It was because all the all the Rumple fans and the the Oncers and uh, the Deerys out there. Props to the Deerys, and a Deary is a Rumple fan. Um, they uh, we've been waiting for so long because we all knew Belle was in that locked asylum room, and and the Hatter's revenge was to just basically let the cat out of the bag about Belle being around and sent Belle to Mr. Gold. And that was probably one of the most amazing scenes in the whole series because the emotion there between the two of them was great. I absolutely loved it. And, um, well, Mr. Gold pulled a switcheroonie on everybody. Um, and, uh, Rachel and I both thought that, uh, what he was going to wish for at the wishing well was his son, but, Lo and behold, nope. Um, he pretty much released the power of magic into reality using the power of true love. And did you notice, by the way, that he didn't kiss Belle? No, he did not. I did yeah. notice that. I was like, kiss her, kiss her. But he can't. He can't. Yeah, Even though he's back true to true love's normal. kiss, it Fs everything up. Yeah, so he's basically, basically like pushing daisies he can't really physically be with her um because if he kisses her he loses his powers which he now probably has back thanks to that big pink mushroom cloud that he released upon storybrooke yeah, so once upon a time give them props because the second half of the season has really distanced them enough from fables now that i don't draw comparisons even though i just reread the fable series i i was i was surprised at how much it has distinguished itself um from oh, yeah it. and, and was, i love that, that was good to see well and i love too the, all the little disney uh touches that they put throughout um of this because it is a disney produced show that gives them license to do things that are disney specific and i really like that but i really love like the tron little things that they stick in there it just made me so happy and um I just really I'd like enjoyed to see it. more of Maleficent pre um, pre dragonification. Ah, uh, she's that that, uh, that actress uh, is so great. She's great in True Blood too. That's that's the thing that now she's going to be Pam in True Blood again. And by the way, that starts up like in next month. So that'll be um, that'll be my next. You know, I have to have my fix of TV shows, and that's going to take the place that's- I think of. Speaking of TV shows, um, did you see Game of Thrones last night? I am about two-thirds of the way through. All right, so here's the thing. I'm kind of interested because I've said all along that I've, I've liked the TV show better than this, the book series, which probably will draw ire from all the hardcore fans. But that's, <laughs> that's very rare for me, and that's the case with this. But last night, the TV show, in some very major plot points, has deviated from the book. As in, main characters that should have been introduced have not been introduced to certain storylines. Mm-hmm. And they killed a bunch of people who did not die like that. I mean, it's very major plot differences. And they're doing a lot more with, um, with making Cersei a more uh, human, almost likable character. But I mean, I think that's inevitable for making her palatable to watch. But well, and that's I, the same with, uh... I was shocked at how much they deviated in three of the main storylines. Well, and, uh, that's kind of like with Charles Dance's character. They're really making him 
likable. I mean, I, I, I really dig him with Arya. Yeah, and- which isn't, that whole thing isn't in the books, but I think, see, that's flavor text that really adds to the show, and I can say, okay, it makes sense to flesh that out, and that's really interesting, um, but the changing of major plot points, you're thinking, how's this going to shake out in three or four episodes when this is supposed to be happening? Yeah. They they did say they're going to try and keep as close to the books as possible. So it it makes me curious. It's going to be interesting to see how they play this out because I, I, I know that they have this whole, I haven't read all the books. I'm working my way through. Um, but I know for a fact that Sansa ends up with married to Tyrion and I don't know if they're, you know, that's a big deal. I wonder if they're even going to yeah, do that. It's, it's a strangely brief part of the book. So it's, you know, they, the, that comes so much later. And so far Sansa is playing the people that are not, that are not going exactly. Um, even if you truncated it, that are significantly different so far as Jon Snow, his storyline, um, the whole Daenerys storyline is very different right now. Um, this whole episode really veered it kind of um, severely. I want and, my dragons! <laughs> yeah, and then like I said, well, the whole way that that plays out, that whole city plays out is so different that um, in some ways, I think that in that particular case, they're fixing some plot holes I've had problems with, but it, it's impossible to tell until we see where it's going. And then with Bronn and Rickon, um, two main characters in the books that teach Bronn how to expand his uh, special giftings should have left the castle with him and they have not been introduced yet. So I think we're all kind of wondering, are they going to be introduced later or are we cutting them out? And if so, that's going to vastly change a big part of the storyline. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting season and and I'm going to miss that too when it's gone. I love having a Sunday night with Game of Thrones followed an hour later by Once Upon a Time. It just makes me happy. Um, Fangirlmag.com. Um, I'm curious to hear from you guys on that because I really enjoy the show, but I know that it's veering off on a lot of ways. So, but I, 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 so far they've been good. I just it depends on how they play out. Yeah, well, and one thing that we're not ever going to see play out—they um, just axed a ton of TV shows um, over the last two weeks. Um, you know, we started the Playboy Club was like one of the quickest runs this year. I think they had like two episodes or three episodes. Well, they just axed Ringer, which was the return of Sarah Michelle Geller. Um, it was a horrible show. I didn't even bother. I knew it was going to go. Uh, um, a Gifted Man, which was basically Ghost Whisperer, the male yeah. version, um, got canned. Um, Alcatraz, which I didn't even remember was still on, um, got canned. Uh and I've heard a lot of people weren't very happy with how that show turned. It, it, they said it was just really, really not good. Um, and then Are You There, Chelsea got canned. Uh, the one that surprised me was Awake got canned. Yeah, I thought was, that was supposedly like a runaway hit was what it is. That's what NBC would tell you. Yeah. That's, that's their thing. That they well, do. I, you know, I, um, it wasn't my genre. So, But the one that surprised me was GCB. Because that started out kind of horrible and got increasingly more entertaining. 
And uh, it's just sad to see so many talented character actresses out of that job. Well, you know? well and I thing with uh, Awake was I was hopeful that all the Harry Potter fans would, would flock to that. And the, and the, the, the uh, because of, you know, Jason Isaacs, who's amazing. Well, and and the whole the premise was, was cool. The premise was great. It was executed well. I just think it was a little... It it's one of those those series that expects a lot out of the people watching, and sometimes the watchers fail it. You mean and, thinking? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's sad. I mean, you'd think in a world where Fringe exists, that show could exist, but it's not so. Right. Well, and people Fringe will is, tune into is... Freaking Lost till the very last stupid episode. I'm sorry, I'm not a Lost fan, and but they won't support Awake and that. Ugh. Well, and the other one that um, died quick, I mean, really quick, it seemed, was Missing with Ashley Judd. Uh, the River got canned, even though, according to a lot of people, that was doing very well and was a very good show. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, that, there, some things happened in the first couple of episodes that made me not be able to. Take I, I, yeah, I didn't even bother. I knew it was going to, it was a, a, a a gimmick, um, but according to you know what I've read around, that they might be bringing that to Netflix. That's Netflix's new thing: is snagging um, beloved TV series and and making them exclusives to Netflix and and producing them. So um, you know, good job if 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 uh, that's a good concept. That's what they're doing with the rest of development. Um, and the other surprise cancellation. Uh, was The Secret Circle, which a lot of the Vampire Diaries people absolutely loved and enjoyed, according to everyone. And they actually um, renewed Supernatural for, I think, an eighth season, but they canceled The Secret Circle, which was basically the witch version of Vampire Diaries, sort of. It was, it was um, kind it, of the teeny, teeny bopper uh, charmed. Not charmed. Right. Uh, well, what's the, it, no, what's the craft? <laughs> right. Well, the the secret circle, I believe, may have even predated the craft because um, it they yeah. L J Smith wrote that along at the same time or around it's the same not, time. It's not anything like the the no, the novels, though. So I don't think. Yeah. And, well, and the other one that isn't surprising was after, and this isn't a genre specific show, but a lot of people were surprised was Extreme Home Makeover um, with Todd. You know. Pretty little Ty Pennington and his hyperactivity. Uh, that got canned, and it's been almost 10 years on. Um, but that's not surprising as one of the main sources of goods for the show is Sears, and Sears is like on its last legs. So um, that one's gone to, you know, the, the tearjerker show. And House is, this is the last season for that. Thank God. I'm sorry, it's um, a great show, but it's, it's, it's time. It is way past time for House to go away. Um, I, yeah, I haven't watched it in a very long time. But every time I've tried to tune into it, I just can't. Um, it's just way too much. I caught it the other day, and I was like, "Really? Is this really what's happening on a show I used to watch religiously?" I no. When they brought on all the multiple uh, characters, and, and just they just ruined the formula that was working for it. I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> But, um, well, since it sounds like a lot of the TV is uh, changing and not for the better in a lot of ways, um, films this season um, for the summer movie viewing season are rolling out. 
Not to mention, well, let's start off with the Avengers, which has hit a billion dollars. Woohoo! And worth every penny. Hello, mm-hmm. you Banner. I love you. Um, so, yeah, uh, the Avengers rocking it. Uh, and now we've had, you know, Dark Shadows came out. was great. I enjoyed it. It had its issues, which everyone knew it would have. Um, but I enjoyed it. It was fun. Check it out. If you love Johnny Depp, if you love quirky Tim Burton films, it's great. Um, Rachel saw it. She actually enjoyed it. Which one? Dark Shadows. Oh, um, I would say that it is very pretty. And because I went with like less than no expectations, I had a good time. Ava Green ruled that movie. But uh, I I will say it's the, the most, the second most shallow movie I have ever seen. <laughs> well, the problem, the problem I had with it, and I, I covered that in the, in, in the review that you guys can read. Um, I was very honest, which was they edited it heavily to the point that one of the actors that was cast as uh, the teenage Barnabas um, isn't even in it. You know, I don't think you can, I don't think you can blame that. I mean, and it's some, the, of, it's, and, and some of it's the screenplay, but a lot yeah. of it's the directing. They're, they wasted um, quite a few characters. Michelle uh, Pfeiffer was amazing. Johnny Lee Miller for the two seconds of screen time he got. And, and Ava well, and Green they, was incandescent. Johnny's always good. But I, well, the problem is the, Chloe Moretz wasted. I mean, the script wasn't up to par with all the you, characters. You know, I love Tim is, Burton, but I just which, I'm, I don't think you can blame is, it all on the the script. Uh, the script I can I can blame quite a bit of it on the script. Um, but the problem is. It's an ensemble piece, but it wasn't written for an ensemble like the Avengers was. Yeah. And that's well, the that's 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 the only way that's the comparison. You have a a guy who can write for an ensemble. But I think I think that's yeah, I do think that's a large part of it, but I think that a good director it could have taking care of a lot of that yeah and i also think too um they and not that he's not a good di- director i just think that it's it was it was it was entertaining because it was pretty and it was a great cast and all that but if you're going to, expecting plot or character development you know you're not gonna be happy yeah you have to already know who these people are when you go in i mean that's that's the problem yeah. and uh it the the uh the other part of that i t- to if the, um, is the fact that they rushed this movie. If if they had had enough time, if they waited and do, released it as an October release instead of putting it in the death knell of um, you know the right after the Avengers came out, which is still rolling, and sticking it right at the beginning of summer, it would have done a lot better. They would have had more time with it, and I think. That they rushed uh, it. I, I don't know. I think, in, other than the die-hard fans, a lot of people are going to find it to be a clunker. But upcoming releases that I am very excited about does does not include Battleship, which sorry, I'm sorry, Battleship. That's right. Um, we have Prometheus in about in about two weeks. We have Prometheus. Then yes, Snow White and the Huntsman. We got Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. G.I. Joe 2, which has no has no business looking so awesome. It has no business being that cool looking. Um, next week, um, Men in Black 3 comes out, which they just released the fact that it cost a quarter of a billion dollars to make that. Can't wait to see it. 
Men in Black Three, really? Oh yeah, I'm I'm there. I love the Men in Black movies. I oh, even like the, the last... second one, which I thought was lame, but I I the second there. one didn't even try to make like I think it was like a little over ten minutes over an hour, so it was an hour. I don't care. Minutes. I you know what they are to me? They are what they are the kind of fun that the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie should have been and weren't, and I love them. I cannot wait for this one. Uh, I uh, I don't know. I don't know where they spent two hundred fifty million dollars in this movie. Well, I, I'm going to go see. I really we'll don't find know. out. <laughs> it ha- God knows it can't. It has to be better than the second one. I mean, that second one was horrible. And as, well, the second I guess one was horrible compared to the first one, but I enjoyed the second one. Uh, it was. It wasn't. I don't know. It just was boring and really fast compared to what I guess that the. I don't know. I I think they just made it too quick of a film it was barely an hour and 10 minutes yeah but i you know they had it was fun with i there was quite a few very memorable parts of that and i liked it i i can't wait to see the new one i can't even remember a memorable part in it i i couldn't even you can't remember him uh i can't even flashy thinging um uh, I always call him cronk but that's patrick warburton at the beginning and him like crying or you Mm -mm. you don't remember that no, oh. <laughs> that's that's how much of an impression. Boyle, Laura Flynn Boyle was awesome in it. Like you don't see. I think it's just not your your thing. No, because I love sci-fi movies and stuff. Movie. I, I love sci-fi. I just think that that particular series just isn't your thing. We all have those things that just aren't our thing. I don't know. It's a, I, I I hope it's good because I know that Josh Brolin looks like he was cloned from Tommy Lee right. Jones. So Rachel, yes. speaking of. Speaking of the Avengers, um, I have, oh, were we? <laughs> were we? Yes, we were talking about the Let's talking about the Avengers. Um, I have to ask you, what do you think? Because that's the thing that everyone is, you know, every geek worth their cred is on cloud nine about this movie. What do you think? First of all, was the coolest, most amazing part of it, and secondly. Who was your pick for the film as 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 best character? Um well, I mean, that's one of the great things about the film is that Joss Whedon is a con- like you said a consummate ensemble writer and so I think everybody kind of got their day. I was most surprised that um I liked the Hulk and I was <laughs> even more surprised that I sat there going, "Oh yeah, once upon a time, Scarlett Johansson could act, and she's doing it now. What fell sorcery is this? <laughs> I I really was genuinely surprised at how likable she was. I mean, she was nothing like Black Widow, but that you know that that's the writing. That's not her. But I um, I mean, she got some of the most screen time of any of the Avengers, but it was earned on her part as far as bringing the acting um and uh so that that was surprising to me um yeah i you know my fate it's such a great ensemble that i can't pick somebody that i like the most i think you know being a tom hiddleston fan um it was fun to see hulk smash loki (laughs) hulk but um god the two buttons at the end uh were fantastic, especially the second button. <laughs> well, I think the 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 big you know the big spoiler and if seriously if you haven't seen the Avengers by now and you you're online at all you already know this so 
just skip the next two minutes or so of the show. But, but you know, it's not Joss Whedon's fault that Coulson died. I want to make that clear. He even I... said it. No, he I said understand. it. I understand. But it, it, it is kind of suspicious. No, he actually said that um and it wasn't i can't remember who it was it was like one of the producers this had been planned all along and um he said himself you do realize he talked to the producers and everyone do get that i'm going to get a wrath of a shit because of this right because i'm going to get the blame me me (laughs) and uh he he said um you know they they already knew it was going to happen and so it's not his fault that it occurred and now the big rumor and Rachel and I were discussing this earlier today is that Coulson is going to come back as the vision and I think that would be kind of cool if that's actually true but as of right now it's complete conjecture and rumor. Well I mean that's we kind of thought that during Thor as well and so um, I think if they don't do it they're missing a giant opportunity but I think they they layered on pretty thick this movie if they if they're not expecting to do it then it's a purposeful misdirect because it was pretty heavy this Well movie. there's some the some of the lines even and and after I I heard this um the the talk of this um with Fury saying I've lost my good eye and all that kind of stuff. I, I love that kind of stuff when they do that in, in scripts. I love the little layers and the secret little inserts. Um, and I, I would, I would be down for that. I think, I think Clark Gregg would be down for it too. So, um, well, they've already said he's not going to be written out of the series. So, you know, Nobody puts Colson in a corner. Oh. oh no, you didn't. I did. I did. I did. I went there. Um, I still also like my idea for a T-shirt because there's um, a desperate need online for Agent Colson T-shirts of from a view to a, uh, Phil Agent Colson. Yeah, yeah. You know, I went there with the bond. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm not. I'm not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> From a view to a feel. Sorry. <laughs> I, I don't need your radio privileges revoked. Ah, sorry. It's just, by the way, if you want to get something really cutesy, um, Rachel, the uh, an Iron Man one, but they have these adorable. I've, I've found them at Target carries them, Walmart has them. But they're three bucks a pack, and you get three per pack. They have these adorable little Avengers chibi figures, um, and they're—they uh, have Tony Stark as Iron Man, Tony Stark not Iron Man, and he's got his little shades on and everything. They have Captain America, and then they have Steve Rogers, and the Steve Rogers one is really creepy looking. Um, but they also have a little Phil Coulson one, and a Loki, and a little emo Bruce Banner. They're little plastic figures, and they're adorable. So, um, and they can be drilled easily to make into necklaces. So, for little... <laughs> you said drilled. I would drill. Oh, no. oh. <laughs> oh, see, oh. that's why that's why it was implied. No, <laughs> you know, the whole point of that's implying good, is no. you don't have to say it out loud and be all oh. nasty. Oh. <laughs> he he is the only Avenger. You don't that even gets act me. like you are like ashamed at all. You just go I, on. I'm so not. Um, he is the only Avenger you get to see naked, but whatever. <laughs> Sorry. 
I want to ruffle the Hulk. I want to ruffle the Hulk. (laughs) Sorry. I I don't know, Jess. (laughs) Gone places I cannot follow. Not that Mark Ruffalo is not a very gorgeous man, good actor. It's just. I have to say that I was very pleased with the Ruffalo. The Ruffalo did right by me. I was very happy. I'm I'm very glad that he is Bruce Banner, and apparently so are a lot of other people because the rumor is that he's signed for like six films or something now with Marvel. So they I were am, very- uh, definitely. Um, it definitely made me happy. He definitely had said my favorite line of the movie, which I won't say because it's a. It's very much a. Uh, spoiler but there's there's so many good scenes with him and I, I i can't wait for the dvd just because i want outtakes oh my god you can tell these guys were having a blast and i completely spaced on the fact until later that ruffalo and downey had worked together in zodiac so that's why they were able to like riff with each other so well um they've worked together so hey you know that that's great when you have a good chemistry and those guys did so and it was great to see those little science nerds getting it you know talking and stuff on screen it was great this is the most shameless fangirling i've seen you do <laughs> i'm just kind of in awe <laughs> I, I i i had it fun okay it probably is I, the fact that and you know I didn't expect to. I wasn't looking forward to it. And I, I you know, Todd and I gave you a really hard time about it. And I, I recant. I publicly recant. You were right. And we were wrong. <laughs> well, poor Todd. Todd is actually, speaking of, we should have brought this up earlier. Um, Todd is out of the hospital, thank God. And um, he is back home recuperating. Poor Todd. Poor Todd hasn't gotten to see the Avengers yet. No. <gasps> Because he was in a hospital bed for two weeks, over two weeks, so that hadn't even occurred to me that he hadn't seen the Avengers yet. Yeah, so oh. hopefully he gets to see it before this episode airs, or he's not listening to this episode and he listened to our spoiler alert beforehand. Um, but yeah, I the poor guy, and he I guess was giving getting the wrath of crap given to him about the fact that you had to do this when the Avengers came out. <laughs> The guy who dresses up like Thor had to do this when the Avengers came out. So bad, bad fanboy. You control your heart attacks better. That's but um, he is better. He is out and we love him and we are glad that he's out of the hospital and he can finally go see this movie that he's been waiting for. get to our interview for the night which i am really excited about um 
Mark Miller uh, found the for for many years um, lost footage of the Clive Barker cut of Nightbreed. And now he is actually part of Seraphim Films, which is Clive's production company. And he helps Clive do his stuff and uh, get um, with his work in uh, publishing and art. And he's there every day. And uh, I can't wait to talk to him about what Clive's got going on. So here we go. Seraphim. Is this Mark? This is Mark. Hey, Mark. Yay! Woo! Woo! All right, so, so I'm I'm gonna do it. We're, we just got through talking about the Avengers and, and fangirling out about it. So, oh, nice. so everybody, um, I'd like you to welcome Mark Miller to the show. Um, Mark, welcome to Fangirl Radio. Oh, thank you so much, Jessica. It's my pleasure. Awesome. So, Mark, I want you to meet Rachel. Rachel, this is Mark. Hi, Mark. Hi, Rachel. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> good. So, good, good. Uh, so Mark works with Clive Barker and is the man who unearthed the Holy Grail of Barkerverse, which is the full cut of Nightbreed um, from the de- from the depths of 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 wherever they buried that. Uh, it was buried though, and uh, buried so deep. buried very deep. And uh, Mark is is now working with Seraphim Films which is Clive's production company and um, he's uh, sort of like the second or third you know the second right hand to Clive I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Mark I want to think pretty wild. Uh, you were you were like the living the fanboy dream in one oh, way. Yeah. I mean it, it was uh, fantastic. I remember uh, first time you and I met in person was at uh, was at Horror Hound in 2010. Yeah, yeah, it was All a while back. back. In 2010, and uh, <laughs> and I was I was I was just an intern at that point. That was that was fantastic, and you know, here I am now. Well, and I and I wanted to, I wanted to, yeah, you are, and uh, I wanted to thank <laughs> you for uh, for uh, finding that footage and then bringing it to the show because we had standing room only for that. Um, it was the first time that um, the night the full cut of Nightbreed had ever been shown publicly. And uh, Mark brought it, and it was amazing to see. Um, it, and, you know, can you give us a little bit of background on that? Because I know that it's now kind of touring around, and they're calling it the Cabal print. Yeah, it's got neat. a different uh, incarnation now, to use one of Clive's favorite words. <laughs> it, uh, we, we found the, uh, the VHS uh, footage up here that was just... Uh, it was, you know, raw footage, uh, really, really crudely c- cut together, director's cut of uh, of the film. And uh, as I'm, I'm sure you were aware, a lot of people at the screening were sort of uh, turned off by the whole thing. Right? You know, when it started, I think it was standing room only, and by the end, uh, there were there were plenty of scenes. <laughs> And uh, that's because there, a lot of the footage had no sound. There were big gaps where, uh, you know, with uh, place cards that would say, you know, monsters would go here, uh, reaction shot goes here, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, well, what happened was after that, we, uh, a friend of the company uh, by the name of Russell Charrington, who's been uh, championing the cause, you can find him on, on Facebook and all those other wonderful social networks, uh, he took the he took this digitized version of the film back to England with him, uploaded it all into the into his computer, 
and I'm going to sound like a like a like a computer whiz right now. He downloaded <laughs> it onto his onto his soft drive, and and uh, put it put it into an editing editing bay with uh, along with the raw fi- raw, raw footage from the uh, Warner Brothers DVD, and uh, spliced together from these from three separate sources a composite cut of the film which is two and a half hours long and amazing. Wow. <laughs> so the version we screened at Horror Hound, while still very cool, uh, sort of, you know, catapulted uh, us to the place we are now. It served as a, as a really cool springboard uh, to, this, to, this, to this here spot, this two-and-a-half-hour cabal version of, uh, of Nightbreed. And it's, I mean, we've worked very closely with Clive. There, this is now the one that we'll be screening. I think the first one coming up is on June 10th at the New Beverly in, uh, in Los Angeles. Oh, nice. And nice. Uh, this will this this be the first time this version has been screened because the one we just screened at Mad Monster Party in North Carolina was, was we'll call that version 2.0. <laughs> and uh, we, we've been sending these, you know, Clive, uh, the DVDs get sent to us, Clive watches them, he gives his notes to me, I give them back to Russell, and so with every cut, we get a tighter version of Nightbreed, and this new one has uh, some, some cool, like, uh, audio stuff that Clive thought of, and a couple of scenes are switched for, you know, uh, narrative reasons, and it's just, it's, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I, I got my copy coming in the mail, and... Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, every every time this happens, I, I get ready. I, you know, I make some popcorn and I, I turn off all the lights and I watch Nightbreed. So I've seen Nightbreed, you know, seven times this year. And it's, it's <laughs> but awesome. you know what? It, it gets better every time you see it. Oh my god! And you guys, you have to see this version. It's so <laughs> cool. It's like the reason I I sent Clive the text message in the first place, like you know, six years ago, just saying, oh. "Hey, what's up with this film?" Are they any closer? Is the studio realizing that with all of this interest and all of this work and love put into this, that they need to release it on Blu-ray? Oh, yeah. I think so. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. I mean, right now, uh, it's, you know, it's a matter of uh, dollars. And I think had had we had this cut maybe five years ago, it wouldn't have been an issue. Right now, things are things are kind of in flux. You know, DVDs aren't doing as well as they used to. There's this new media. There's, uh, there's uh, on demand. There's all kinds of this stuff that uh, markets that people are looking into right now. So we, we it's really a matter of just finding a right home for it. What's going to make the most sense uh, financially for the for the company, and uh, you know, still make the fans happy. I always thought it would be cool to release it uh, with, you know, just like give every bit of extra you could to the, the mm-hmm. disc itself and then have a sculpt of like a oh, nightmare yeah. bust. That would be and, amazing, wouldn't it? Like a little uh, a little plaster uh, boon. Yeah, like a Huna Saucy or, or, yeah. or a God or a Peliquin. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Huna cool. <laughs> might be a little fragile. It might be like those... Yeah. Uh, with those, the, I'm not, I don't know the names. I know I'm going to fail right now. But the little, <laughs> the things that came with the uh, the Lord of the Rings director's cut, they got the statues, the, those big giant statues that they oh, passed yeah, through. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the name 
ones are. But they're, like, I, I bought one of those, and the heads fell off of both my statue bookends. So, oh, <laughs> hopefully, we, you know, okay. if we make something like that, it'll be a little more durable. <laughs> that's not okay because I know everybody <laughs> loves that. Um, they've seen that bust of her, and they love her. They just any of those characters are just absolutely gorgeous. So anything yeah, they're, like they're that would be. Yeah, I, I always thought that was like a missed opportunity with the making Nightbreed toys. Yeah, there's so much we could do. Wouldn't that be amazing? Like a whole line oh, yeah. of Nightbreed toys? I would buy every freaking one of them. I could yeah, absolutely. Them so <laughs> Me too. And I know people that would also buy every one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's another dream come true, hopefully. So, so I want to get some insider info from you since I have you here. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> that what you can talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the rumor is, I've heard the rumor that there was talk of a Nightbreed TV series. Um, yeah, there was rumors. There was rumors of bubbling yeah. that there was a Nightbreed TV series. Uh-huh. What can you say about that? There's not a whole lot I can say about that. <laughs> we, oh. I can say that we would like a Nightbreed TV series. Can you confirm or deny? <laughs> 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 this is her hard-hitting question. I ask you a question? question, you say nothing if the answer is yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there, and you cannot be held responsible. <laughs> um, so, uh, the, there is all, the, you know, how, how much, um, it, how, how much involvement does Clive have with this Occupy Midian? Because the that's Occupy Midian, uh, Clive's very close to it. You know, he, okay. yeah, he can't, uh, obviously keep up with all the, I mean, what, what are we, we're nearly 5,000 people on Facebook right now. Right, uh, right. <laughs> but he, I mean, he's very excited about it and is, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of awesome because this is, this is sort of how the whole thing began for, for he and I. And just to see this bloom at the same time as I'm, you know, taking this position in the company, it's, he's, uh, he's told me, you know, a couple times how how proud he is of me, and it's like, uh, you know, I get a little a little choked up. It's, I mean, it's really it it really is a dream come true. It's amazing. He's oh man, he's a okay. he's an amazing man, and uh, he is uh, he you know he's. But to answer the question, <laughs> however, I digress. Uh, he's he's extremely excited about it, and he's all about it. Uh, he just doesn't. Uh, He's not really, uh, you know, tech savvy. It's not. It's not his. It's not his thing. And he doesn't. Uh, I mean, he could be if he wanted to, but it's just he's he's working on Aberat Four right now, and he right. he just when he writes, he throws himself into it completely. So I'll uh, every night we meet, and you know, I'll give I'll go, we'll go over the day's business, and I'll ask him questions, and I'll tell him what's going on with Occupy Midian, and depending on new developments like the like the website getting uh, released and uh, new trailers coming out, stuff like that. He'll say, "Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to tweet about that," and so you know, we'll we'll uh, tweet it together uh, and stuff like that. But as far as uh, really getting into it, uh, he just he just doesn't have the time. I barely gotcha. have the time, <laughs> but he loves so, it, and he and he's like so touched by the fans. He sent me so many texts like over weekends about uh, people tweeting him, saying like such loving things about the film, and he, I mean, he he literally can't believe that people are still interested in this subject after all this time like he he kind of lost hope in it oh no it's it's 
I think it's my favorite thing he's ever done. I, I truly love it. I, I still have my tick. I still have my ticket <laughs> from when I saw it when it That's first so came. Cool. I I found it. I have it still. I mean, I drove. My sister actually had to take me an hour out of an hour away to another town to go see it when it came out, and I Man. still have the freaking ticket. So fantastic. So no, it's, you're gonna, it's, uh, dude. Jessica, you're going to die when you see this. I need to see it. (laughs) (laughs) This is me like slamming my hands up and down on my chair like a kid. Like, I need to see it. Um, I want Nightbreed. I want Nightbreed. I need my Peliquin. You're going to have to see it at one of these. We've got a bunch of screenings coming up. I know. I'm going to have to figure out. You better show up at one of these same things. I got, I have to. And so kind of speaking to this, like you go to Wonderland Every day that you go to work, apparently, what is it like to walk into? Because you've been in the house with all the paintings and like the craziness. What is that like to walk into his brain? Because that's got to be what it's like. Uh, I mean, it's life changing. It's the only way to say it. it I, <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm writing the, I'm co-writing the Hellraiser comic with him now. As I'm, I'm not sure if you know, but uh, that whole process. I mean, I, I would not have been able to to write this comic book when you and I first met two years ago. It just, it's, it's been sitting with him at nights and talking with him and, you know, just like sitting at the master's feet and soaking it in has really, it's changed the way I imagine that that's the effect he has on you. It's, it's, it's incredible. And I think, you know, that's evident in, in, in culture at large. You can see so many, there are so many films that, uh, that, people probably don't even realize are so directly influenced by his work. Oh, it's, he's, he's like our, uh, the closest I can come to Clive Barker is Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, definitely. I mean, and, and, and Lovecraft, like if Poe and Lovecraft had a baby, it would be Clive Barker. I mean, in so many ways, just the poetic way he writes and the things he writes about. He's a true artist. It, it, in so many ways, I mean, he just isn't never stops creating, and uh, no, he's, he, not, he's, not, he's not capable. He's not <laughs> even you know, and uh, I, I, that's he's just always creating, and and he's a it's a he's a gift. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what he is. He's a gift to people and and to artists and and to you know you. I mean, you work with him every day. You know what that's like. Yeah. And it incredible. Just, it is. Uh, we're going to gush about Clive Barker now. I'm sorry. It's just going to happen. <laughs> Everyone listening at home. Sorry, car, you know. Gym, wherever, yeah. wherever this is being played. <laughs> we we got to love Clive for a little bit. I, um, oh, yeah. So, uh, the, uh, first of all, one I, I, I'm going to balance out the bad with the good. Congratulations on getting married, by the way. I know. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Is that the bad? No, 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 that's not bad. Um, I, okay. I wanted, I, I, I'm not going to pry, but I wanted to know how Clive is doing because you know, a lot of people already knew that he had a, a very bad scare not too long yeah. ago in the hospital and everything. So I just wanted to find out for everybody how he's doing. He's doing all right. He's got, uh, he's got good days and bad days and they're, you know, I mean, it's, it, you spend, you spend a lot of time in the hospital, it's going to take it out of you. But uh, yeah. I'm I'm not even I'm not even kidding. Like the night after he got out of the hospital, he was back at his desk writing. Oh my god! 
And he handwrites everything still, right? Yeah, he handwrites everything. (laughs) Jesus. As we said before, he is unstoppable. Oh, my gosh. I I remember when you guys came to the show, we had to find loose-leaf paper for him because he ran out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and he had already went through, like, two packets of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, my God. He's unstoppable. The man's crazy. So was the first uh, trip I'd ever taken with him. And and I remember, you know, just... uh, coming down from off the floor, walking into the into his suite and just seeing papers everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was crazy after working a full day signing autographs all damn day. He goes up to the room, he takes a he takes a nap. Or he you know, he falls asleep. I think he's out. I go to my room to decompress. I come back <laughs> in. He's freaking writing again. <laughs> Well, I mean, he just, the, the, if you, uh, from uh, just the footage I've seen, because I've not gotten to go to the house. I want to go to the house so bad. Mm. Just to walk in there and smell paint just hit me in the face like a crazy oh, person. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, there's you totally come up to the office if you're, when I, you're in town. I, Where God, are you right I, now? I am in Eugene, Oregon. I, I, I was just in L.A. last weekend. I need to go back, apparently, and go see Nightbreed when it plays somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I will, I man, I'm doing it. By God, I will take a trip to LA and come see you guys. That's I. That's I'll my give you the grand tour. <laughs> <laughs> what, have you, what have you done? <laughs> Did I break you? <laughs> you broke me. Okay. You broke me, Mark. <laughs> I'm broken. It There's too. this place beyond fangirly squee that Jessica has just achieved. It's like. The Nirvana fangirls right there. I'm just going to sit here and stare at this one Barker print for about 30 seconds. It's just not You'll go there. To your happy place. I go to my happy place. My many people would be frightened of it, but I'm not. Okay. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Brings us comfort. <laughs> I know, I know. It's exactly right. So you're working um, You're working on the night, or the, I've got Nightbreed on the brain now, the Hellraiser oh. comic. <laughs> golden i was at golden apple and 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 oh man it was so oh, nice man, it's like heaven isn't it did you go to i know when you were yes i did i did holy it, crap isn't that place awesome meltdown i actually almost i looked at the guy behind the counter and said is it okay if i fall to my knees and cry a little is that all right because that's what it's i want to like do a mecca, right man. oh my god it was it was just there's like a baby section. They have baby meltdown comics to the right, and then everything else. And then in the back is where the nerdist does his podcast. Yeah, that's nerdist theaters back there. Yeah, how, it's how like, crazy is that? <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, I'm looking around, like, why am I going back home? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they were doing these Avenger um, tie-in art shows across the street. Which was just ridiculous. It's like yeah, this, 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 this God. It is. It's like the mecca of geekdom right there. But uh, anyway, I'm we're digressing, Mark. We always do this when we talk. <laughs> so, um, what can you tell us about what you guys are working on for Hellraiser? Uh, interesting question. Uh, I know I say that a lot. Uh, what can I tell you? I can tell you that issue 14 is about to hit the stands, if it hasn't already. <laughs> and uh, I just handed in issue 15, mm. and it's pretty cool. But, uh, okay, what I can say is 
we were going to end it with issue 16 and then and then do a relaunch. Oh, And okay. uh, instead of that, we've decided to go uh, up to issue 20 and then oh. do the relaunch. I mean, it's, it's still going to it's still going to maintain the same the same world and the same continuity. It's just something very big and very different is going to happen, which mm-hmm. is going to have to which would only make sense if it were another Hellraiser issue one. So, gotcha. <laughs> that's a, wow, that's that's, tantalizing. That, that's, that's the, vague uh, yet, yet telling. I don't know how you get that. Well, the only, and the only other way I can, the only other thing I can say is that uh, w- since we, I mean, we're already going big. I don't know if, if you're caught up, you can tell things are kind of, things are kind of, you know, falling off the rails. Things are going a little bonkers. Uh, with, with the expansion, instead, since we since we're no longer ending with issue sixteen, uh, you know, we get we expanded the run four more issues. The the need to make the to make everything bigger. I mean, that's it's really the only way we could go. So it it goes way bigger. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to so, go big to begin with, but now we have more to play with, so we're going. So you're basically doing your your the NBA playoffs of Hellraiser. It's go big or go home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. <laughs> so, um, can you tell us what? Um, and then we know he's working on Aberat. Mm-hmm. Um, what else does Clive have on the horizon? Is he looking towards possibly directing another film or anything yeah, he's like? Very that? interested in directing another film. He talks about okay. it a lot. Uh, he wants. Right now, the the priority is Aberat four and five, right? And he's gonna he's gonna finish those first before he does anything else. But uh, ideally, he finishes four and five. He goes right to work on the film. That's what he wants. So, does he have one picked out, or is it one of his works or somebody else's? Oh, it would definitely it would it would be an original. It would be an original Clive Barker story. Uh, what it is exactly, uh, he's not sure. There, he's he's shared a lot of thoughts with me on it. Mm-hmm. on what it would be and what it would look like and, and what it would feel like <laughs> and how scary <laughs> it would be. Uh, and they're all friggin' fantastic and uh, uh, truly terrifying. But, but, it, but its final form is, uh, is, still, is still very far away. I really wish he'd do an anthology movie. I uh, think that would be, be cool. That would be awesome because he's uh, so. He wanted to do an anthology movie like like Two Evil Eyes, where he does one, someone else does one, or where he does all the different ones. I would like to see him, you know, take three of his because he's he's he really did kind of like restart the whole short story thing with the Books mm-hmm. of Blood. I would love to see him do a three of his tales together. And just you know, like an old school, like an old school tales from the crypt, vault of horror kind of thing. That would be awesome. So you know, I I think I think that's just whatever we are. I I don't know how to how to classify us, but whatever we are, that we're the only kind of people that like to see those things. (laughs) Whatever we are. (laughs) Whatever we are. I have uh, I've spoken with a lot of uh, I've spoken with some pretty. Pretty interesting folks uh, during my during my stay here at the office during my time, <laughs> and uh, it nope the strangest thing to me. I was very surprised I, because we pitched lots of stories to lots of people, and U.S. audiences do not buy anthology anything. 
They don't buy anthology films. They don't buy anthology books. They're always the hardest things to sell and told over and over and over. Well, all I have to I say... I don't know why, because I it, love them. Is that poopy, first of all. I secondly, secondly poopy. Look, look at what happened with Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat and is pretty cool. Trick or Treat was amazing. It kind of got dumped on, I don't know if it was the studio or what happened. It got lost in the shuffle for a while. And now they repeat it like a Christmas story is done on TNT on Fearnet. 24-7 on Halloween. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just a marketing thing. I know I don't You're blame right. I don't blame Clive for being gun-shy after what happened with Midnight Meat Train, which yeah. to this day still pisses me off. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would... <laughs> I, I bet. I would love to see that. I think that would be something beautiful if he could ever pull something like that off. Because... It would just be great to see. Yeah, um, I'd be a fan. Uh, well, Mark, I, I got to tell you, man, I'm, I am proud and happy for you. It's, I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> did you ever think that it would, it would get to this part where you're, you know, this point where you're actually, you know, you're, you're part of the company now? No, I mean, no, I really didn't. I thought, you know, I'd be, best case scenario, I might get a... a, a a job writing a one of my short stories would get picked up for for an anthology book or or uh, I don't know I I you know I I did think maybe best case scenario I get to write the Hellraiser comic but you know that's like that's the that's the that's the smallest part of my day right now <laughs> oh, that's awesome. insane man. That's so great. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy for you. I mean, I, when I got to, when I met you at the con and after just talking with you and, and writing about all this stuff with Nightbreed, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, you, you, the, and, and I'm sure Rachel can hear it in your voice. You're, you're, you're one of us to the core. Mm-hmm. You, you're I, I'll a, never forget, uh, I'll never forget Horrorhand. That's gotta be one of my, one of my <laughs> top 10 moments was sitting in the bar with you. <laughs> you had, had a little bit to drink. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and you helped me along, sir. Let me. I did. I did. <laughs> to be honest, I am guilty. And uh, and you were just and you were standing there, and I don't know if you like I I I still don't to this day don't know what in the world like if you had if you had drunken clarity or something because you were you picked up on something in me and you and you just looked at me right in the eyes and you were and you said enjoy this man you did this. And I, and, I, and, I, and I did the thing that I always do, which is just like, ah, thank, you know, cool, thanks. I just kind of, like, brushed you off, and you were like, no! You, like, slammed your fist. You're like, listen to me. And you're, like, leaning in all close. You listen to me. And I just remember you, you know, leaning right into my face, telling, enjoy this. You did this. And, like, every time I think about that, I smile. And I think about that a lot. I think about that moment Aww. pretty frequently. It, it, was, it was very sweet. It was very nice of you. Very cool. Yay, drunk Jessica. She did something <laughs> right. <laughs> what happened? She did good. I did good. <laughs> and then I passed out that night because of you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Then you were gone. <laughs> then I was gone. Then that was about the only clearer, clearer thing I did that night. That was bad. So we do it at conventions. Yeah, pretty much. Oh God, you weren't here at the last one. Oh, I God. know. I missed. <laughs> I was Dude. at. Uh, I think. I think Mad Monster Party was like going on at the same time. 
Mm. Like I was in North Carolina when you were when you were getting your drink on. Oh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't just me. That hotel had never seen such <laughs> debauchery happen. <laughs> oh, fantastic. But we have fun and uh it's a great time, so but I Mark, I wanted to thank you um once again for, for coming on the show. You're you are welcome anytime. Oh, and uh, and I uh, you're doing uh, you're doing really well now. The, how many I, how many listeners on Fangirl Radio? Oh, with d- it depends. Well, we had one episode of like six hundred thousand downloads, so that was pretty Are you good. Kidding me? No. <laughs> good God. <laughs> we we That's had fantastic. A, I know, and, and I hope we just keep growing because you know I I, I love. Sharing the stuff we love with everybody. That's that's the whole point of the show. So yeah. and, and that's why I wanted to have you on here representing Clive because we absolutely love him. And um please pass on our love and best wishes to him because yeah, he's absolutely. he he is magic in this world and we need as much as we can get. I so. agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. But thank you so much, Mark, and thank you once again for, for working your butt off and, and, and uh, finding that footage and getting it out there for all of us. So Thank you for, uh, for you know, uh, interviewing me in uh, Horror Hound all those years ago and flying me out to the festival. And you're, you're, a, hard, you're a hard-ass worker. And it's <laughs> so are you. So, hey. <laughs> and at some point, I'm going to knock on a door out there, and you're going to open and go, oh, my God, she really did show up. <laughs> hey, man, I, said it, I said it on the air. You know, I, it, I, now it there, has to happen. I have. I can't go back on my word now. All y'all are my witnesses. It's out there. I get to go to Casa Barker. (laughs) Come on down. Yeah. Well, if I die there, it will be dying with a big grin on my face, and (laughs) Rachel will be like, "Yeah, don't feel bad. You know, she got to croak." Doing what she loved to do. (laughs) She got to croak with Barker. That was good. (laughs) I can arrange that. (laughs) Oh my god. Hot, hot damn. There's a dream. There's a dream, There's a dream in you know, there. What you need to do is go down there and get your Barker tattoo finished while you're down there. Well, Mark, I, I, I think we're at our time. And I like it once again, I want to thank you for coming on the show. And, and you know, you're always welcome back um, when you guys get uh, the next level uh, reached. We want to have you back on maybe for our Halloween show. That would be cool. All right, everybody. So, well, thank you for your... <laughs> you just thanks mark everybody this is mark miller and he, <laughs> and he just jacked me up on my exit all right go um, again do th- it <laughs> i've got too many voices in my ears <laughs> listen state. to the voices in my head all right, everybody. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. I want to thank my guest, Mark Miller, and my co-host, Rachel, for um, having a banging show tonight. We had a great time. Uh, so be sure to tune in next week um, for Fangirl Radio. I'm your host, Jessica Dwyer, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>